Welcome to this brand new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. This podcast is hosted by Mark van Horek and myself, Elias Krum, and brought to you by Marketing Guys, the MarTech agency based out of the Netherlands. Welcome to this new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. Today I have Skylar Reeves with me. Um, he's located in Kentucky and he's the CEO and founder of Ardent Growth. Could you please introduce yourself, Skylar? Yeah, I'm Skylar. I'm the founder of Ardent Growth. We're, we're a content intelligence agency. We primarily focus on B2B, um, specifically within um, MarTech, sales tech, things like that. Um, and we really focus on helping companies know exactly what content they need to create uh, to get the best results in the shortest amount of time. Okay, so let us dive into that immediately because I think that uh, solution that you're offering is a big thing and a big demand for in the market because a lot of marketers specifically in B2B are not that much too much into SEO and um, how to rank for, uh, for, for content. Can you give some examples of companies that you work for or projects that you've done just to give the audience an, an idea of, of what you're doing? Sure. Yeah. So we've done keyword research and topic clustering um, for companies like Active Campaign. Um, you know, everything from large companies like that. Uh, do not pay. They're I think they're Series C, um, A16Z funded, um, all the way down to you know small businesses uh, that uh, some you know some small law firms and things like that too. But we primarily work with with B2B SaaS. So. Uh, we've done a little bit of work for Depalti or like a like a payment payroll processor. Um, done work for Acasa, their health company. So, okay. So, how does that content clustering work? Yeah, and that keyword clustering. So the basic idea is that if anyone's ever heard of HubSpot's Hub and Spoke model, right? I think that they first published about it back in 2017. You know, it's the idea that you're going to have this central topic and you create these um, ancillary topics around it that you publish on your website. And in doing so, you're able to help Google understand what you're all about, and that can help you pick up additional rankings and, you know, pull in uh, more organic traffic. And that model works, uh, still works to this day. It's fantastic. It's, uh, it's, that isn't, it not only balances things very well for Google, but also for uh, users whenever they're going through your site. But our problem with it was that the way you actually chose which content to create um, and how, like which things needed to be part of a separate page or whether those, uh, the things that you're writing about needed to be part of a singular page. So let's say you're writing about expense software, you know, do you write about expense templates on that as well? Or does that need to be a separate page? And that was a problem with us. No one really knew how to, how to know, uh, how to split these things out. Uh, it was all kind of gut feeling. And so uh, we tackled that problem, wrote an algorithm to solve it for us, and uh, to be able to do it at scale, that way we're able to ingest tons and tons of search data, um, sometimes you know half a million uh, topics plus, uh, to really understand what the total addressable market looks like uh, for that solution, right? Whether it's, again, in the example of something like QuickBooks, whether it's expense software, payroll software, invoicing, et cetera. And, the, the way you would have to do this manually, um, what we kind of figured out was uh, the way we started to say, okay, how do we know which topics need to go together? The way you would do this is you'd have to pull up two, say, Chrome windows on Google side by side, put in both topics, and you want to look to see 
how similar the URLs that are ranking for each page are. So if there's a high overlap between two topics, say four of the URLs are the same between each, um, each uh, search result, then that's a pretty good indicator that Google's wanting to rank the same pages for that. And so when you are gonna go write about those topics, they would be collapsed into a single page. If you see them having quite a bit of variance between them, maybe there's only two URLs in common, especially when they're, you know, maybe two URLs on one or in positions one and two, and two URLs on the other in positions eight and nine, then that's a pretty good indicator that you can actually create two separate pages for this. And if you don't, what ends up happening is you may rank really well for one topic, but not the other. And that can, you know, really add up to a, a lot of revenue loss whenever you're, you know, looking at the effort you or really it's opportunity cost, right? So it's not even lost revenue, you just missed out on it. And doing that it manually at scale is uh, uh, very time consuming. Um, it would take it would take months, we timed how long it would take us to do it for, I think like 20 topics at one point. And it took, it, it took like an hour and a half. And so, um, so we were now going to solve it for us so we can do it at scale now and actually just output a file that says, okay, here's how everything needs to be grouped together. And we also add like traffic projections to it, value projections to it. So we can say, okay, let's try to predict over time, what would this traffic be worth? And if you account for, you know, what's your conversion rates, what's your, you know, um, average customer value, things like that, then you can start to somewhat model out with say an upper and lower bound of what's the revenue going to be, how long do we expect it to take? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cool. So, um, this actually reminds me of a an interview that I had last week with uh, James Shearer. He's the uh, the VP of Growth at Codeless, um, a, a content agency, and they mm -hmm. also happen to work for Active Campaign, the one that you just uh, mentioned, but also for companies like Monday.com and Robinhood and mm -hmm. um, all kinds of big companies. The, the, the question that some listeners might have is like, "Hey, yeah, it's cool that these big companies can do that." but they probably have huge budgets for content marketing. What if you have what if you have a smaller marketing budget or work for a smaller company? How could that clustering of keywords and clustering of content actually let's say be useful for for them? Is there a way that they could benefit from it? Yeah, so we've worked with 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 smaller companies before and it really comes down to what are the resources look like in terms of production? Do they have um you know if you if you say, if you can find a good freelance writer, or if you have internal writers to actually, you know, create the cluster, it really just depends on how much of your TAM do you want us to capture? You know, if you have a very large TAM, well, then we can always segment out one part of it, right? If you're a startup or, um, you know, maybe you're pouring more of your of your money into, into product and into advertising or something, you don't have a large content and SEO budget, then we can slice off and say, okay, what's one initiative that you're focusing on right now? What's one topic that if you could, uh, you know, be a category leader on Google, when people are searching for this, what would you want that to be? And then we'll just, you know, do the keyword research and cluster the topics for that particular segment, give that over to you. And then your content team um, can execute on it and begin to produce that content. And over time, when you begin to rank for it, right, get more organic traffic, pull in more revenue, well, then you can grow. And if, you know, if you want to, uh, come back and expand your TAM a bit more than you could. That's the way we typically work with um, uh, with startups. Um, of course, large companies, they want to go after it all because they usually already have a lot of content already. Um, and oftentimes what they hire us to do is we also built in a priority score um, into, into our algorithm. And so, because it's not, you know, it's one thing to have 
to know exactly how all your content needs to be grouped together to avoid cannibalization and to make sure you're hitting the intent correctly. But whenever you have, you know, a huge, um, you know, addressable market that you that you could be going after, it's a lot of data to go through. And so we we added a priority score so that it can sort it to tell you, here's exactly where you need to go work on, whether it's updating existing content or whether it's creating new content. But again, for the smaller companies, it's just a matter of saying, okay, well, what does your budget look like, right? Um, we've we've done projects for people, uh, you know, in the in the four figure range, um, and you just they just slice off a small piece of it. But again, it comes down to also, you know, what are your resources like and look like in terms of creating content. You can hire, you know, okay writers. I prefer people that you know if you're going to hire writers, I, I tend to say lean towards higher quality. Um, it saves you more in the long run, really. But you know, your average writer is charging between anywhere between 15 and, and 50 cents at the, at the low end and at the high end, you know, upwards of, of a dollar to a dollar 50 per word. Um, so that's, that's how you would need to budget these things out. Just get a sense of, um, you know, what you can afford in terms of production. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting to hear, hear those figures as well on, on the prices of this. Um, so what you're, what you're saying is if you're, if you're a smaller company having a smaller budget, you, you just need to focus on what's important. Yeah. Um, so that brings me to, to um, one of the things that you said earlier, um, you mentioned, you know, find the right clusters. Um, so what kind of criteria do you use apart from, let's say a company wanting to be a leader in a specific uh, topic or whatsoever, but what kind of metrics do you use to define if a cluster is the right, the right one to go after? So typically we'll ask them, you know, again, like what category are you looking for? And, and, and sometimes that's a good place to start, but we'll often also, um, you know, do our own research as well. We like to, we like to talk to customers. We like to get, you know, face-to-face time with customers to talk to them, to understand what their problems were. Um, prior to finding this solution, so we can kind of approach things from a jobs to be done uh, framework, and then and then we basically just go do all the keyword research. We pull in all the data, and then from there, uh, we run like the calculations to say, okay, again, what is this traffic worth? Um, what would it, what would it cost you if you had to bid on this traffic? Right. So we would say, okay, if you wanted to rank for this, you know, these sets of terms, and you were bidding this amount of money, and you wanted this much traffic from it each month on Google Ads, what would you have to pay? For that right and that gives us a sense of value from there we can also look at any sort of historical analytics ranking um, analytics data and say what pages t- uh, tend to convert um, how well do they convert um, and also looking at okay in, in what's your close rate you know um, to close one and uh, in what's your what's the value of a customer to you we can take those numbers and, and work our way back into uh, into based off of traffic projections and th- things like that to say, okay, based on this traffic, based on your conversion rates to close one and based on your uh, ACV, what is what would this piece even be worth, right? And then also factor in what's it going to cost to create it? What's it going to cost to do design, publishing, you know, so on and so forth. And from there, you just figure out what the what the difference would be. Of course, the the primary difference between something like organic and, and paid is that once you produce the piece, yes, it does cost you know some um, you know money over time to say update or make sure it you know it it stays um, you know timely and things like that. And mm-hmm. but unlike ads, you know, like it can compound its growth over time. So that's typically um, what we look at, and uh, and, and it's worked 
so far so well for us. So cool. So um, so, so far you have built up a lot of experience in clustering those content and and keywords keywords. Um, what what are some of the pitfalls that you can share and maybe prevent marketers from making those pitfalls or fall into them? Um, what, what are some of the things marketers should be aware of while cl- doing this clustering? Yeah, so I would say it, it goes beyond just clustering, but I think the primary one is misunderstanding, um, going after too much top of funnel uh, traffic from the blog. Um where you're chasing after vanity metrics, you know, related to search volume or just getting users on your site. Um, but that won't necessarily convert. I mean, it's, it, it depends on, I guess, you know, what type of business model you have, you know, if you're running, um, you know, if you're something like Grammarly, you know, where you primarily rely on people, you know, installing the Chrome extension and then perhaps eventually, you know, um, you know, ascending into a paid user, but then I guess it could make a bit more sense, but, you know, for most companies, you really want to focus on uh, don't look at the big numbers in terms of traffic and users to the site, but think about what traffic is actually going to convert uh, to a paying customer. So that's one of the largest pitfalls. The other one really is, is thinking that SEO is the right thing to do all the time. And, and we focus, you know, that's, 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 that's our primary focus, but it's not always the best. Um, we were talking with a company the other day who this, this is what they want to go after, you know, looking at their business model, uh, they they sell, you know, they sell a a high ACV product um, that doesn't really have its own defined category, um, and it's it's a very it's going to be very long sell cycles, right? And so we we tell them like, look, I don't think SEO is the right route that you need to go here. Um, you need to take a much more demand gen and ABM style approach to this, because your buyers, the people who buy your product, they're not searching for anything related to this. Mm-hmm. They are talking to their peers, to their colleagues you know, uh, in Slack channels on LinkedIn, et cetera. I was like, that's where you need to focus, you know, your efforts. So those are the two, I think, uh, biggest things is thinking that it's even worth going after to begin with. Uh, so you have to, you know, really understand uh, how things map your business model. And then the only thing I guess I could add to that is just the way attribution is handled. Um, it's kind of handled completely wrong across the board, I think. So Okay. Okay. So that's, that's some, some very valuable insights. Um, I think uh, on attribution, we can have a separate, uh, separate yeah, episode yeah. of the podcast because that's, that's, I, I, and I fully agree that's, that's done in so many ways and a lot of uh, companies that just are just, it's trial and error uh, in a lot of cases. Um, mm. Let's, let's have a, a different, different episode on this one. Um, I'd like to finish up this episode by asking you, uh, a little bit more about the tools and what kind of tools do you recommend uh, to to users or uh, marketers that want to start uh, clustering their their content and their keywords? There's a, there's a handful of tools out there that do that do okay at this. So if you're if you're if you don't really care as much about uh, volume or like volume projections, traffic projections. Um, and value projections or knowing what order to start in. There's a tool called Keyword Insights. Um, it's keywordinsights.ai. Uh, some good friends of mine over there, um, Andy and Suganthan, they developed that. It's got a pretty good kind of self-serve SaaS type offering. I would check that out. Um, if, you, if you're on a tighter budget or if you want to maximize your budget, that's usually when people come to us. Um, 
some other useful tools. That's really about the only one on the market that I think is is, is really worth checking out. Um, there's some other useful tools I would recommend when you're approaching this, just if it's just general content strategy, and that would be things like ClearScope. Um, it's fantastic. Um, it's less about clustering, but it's pretty good at helping you, you know, when you do decide your topic, how to, um, you know, how to craft the content um, in such a way that's gonna, gonna help it rank and, you know, get you the results that you want. Those are probably the two uh, primary uh, ones that I would recommend initially. Love it. Love it. So thank you very much, Kyler, for being on the Marketing Technology Podcast. I will share a link to your LinkedIn profile and a link to the website Art and Growth um, in the show notes so people can reach you should they want to after the after listening to the podcast. And again, thank you very much for being on the podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform or iTunes. Also, if you want to be a guest or know someone that should be a guest to our show, shoot me an email on e.crum at marketingguys.nl. Thank you for listening.